If you are living in a space of being weighed down by your clutter, in your home, business, mind, or body, do you realize you are blocking the ability to receive in all areas? Would you be willing to learn the tools to change all that? What if you realized that the clutter in your life was created by you? Listen now to Infinite Energies, where you receive new perspectives to open up and release the barriers to create the life you always knew is possible. Now, here is the host of Infinite Energies Radio Show, Lisa Bennett. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am sitting in my office overlooking a field of snow in snowy Calgary, Alberta, and I am so excited. Just as before our holiday season, and I have a really lovely guest today who has made me laugh from afar, and I, I, I'm going to tell you when I, uh, when I get her on the show, I'm going to tell her what inspired me to have her today. Uh, clearly, I love to laugh and inspire others to laugh and not look at the serious side of life and actually that's really the the gist of the show today is really finding the humor in all the silliness of our lives. So today I have the pleasure of having a wonderful, beautiful stand-up comic called Katie Rubin. She's a solo show performer, regional theater actress and director, playwright, screenwriter, public speaker, and energy healer. She has an MFA in acting from U of, D U of C. Davis, a BA in theater and dance from Amherst College, a certificate of completion from four years healing school, the University of Spiritual Healing and Sufism. And she is currently both playing the lead female role in a new play of Kites and Kings at Sacramento Theatre Company and directing a production of The Motherfucker with the Hat at Big Idea <laughs> Theatre. I love it. And you just completed a run of Mr. Burns at Capitol Stage. And that's going to be heading off to the Aurora Theatre this March to play Lizette in David Ives' Hair Apparent. And when she's not making people laugh on stage, she's busy with her busy energy healing practice seeing four to eight clients a week. Wow. I don't think you're busy at all. <laughs> Hi, God, Katie. it makes me tired just hearing that. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, that's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> thank you. So, Good night. Katie, thank you for, for joining us today. And, of course, you're in a warmer part of the world where there is no Yeah. <laughs> I'm in California and uh, thought that we were, as you know, I thought we were talking at 12 o'clock my time. So I'm casually rolling out of bed and you're like, okay, <laughs> talk to you in 30 seconds. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, she hasn't even had her coffee. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Well, thank you. I, they, You know what? Sometimes the, the, the most spontaneous things are the most humorous in life. So oh, I yeah. have, and actually, well, well, go, well, go ahead, share. Briefly, I was just going to say that, like, the, that sort of thing, the nature of me, where somebody goes, we'll talk at 12 on East Coast time, and I pretty much guaranteed I'm going to hear that you said Pacific time, and then I'll be running late and, you know, putting my socks on as I run out the door. It's sort of been the nature of my life from the beginning of time, as I remember it. <laughs> which was a perfect breeding ground for comedy because 
I've just never been a person who fit into any systems or anything that made any sense on this planet. And this planet has never made any sense to me. And I have like just the tiny bit enough of a sort of a sassy, uh, entitled, badass Jewish attitude that I was like, well, I think you're crazy, planet, which <laughs> makes for a good uh, comedian. <laughs> awesome. Do you remember the earliest time in your life when you realized that you looked at things differently? Well, um, I don't, let's see, gosh, I think, I'm sure in high school, and I've talked about this uh, before in this context on radio show, just like this one, but high school and junior high, for sure, is when I started having it as a wrongness, of course, where mm -hmm. I'm so different and I must be wrong and everything about me must be wrong. Um, I think in college is where I started to, I was so happy to be free of my house of origin that I I just took all of the rage and terror and self-hate and all the ways I had made myself wrong for all the craziness that had occurred in my young life. And I just like drove forward 100% by putting that into my creative life because uh, I sort of got in college somehow miraculously, thankfully, gratefully, uh, that these things about me were, were skills. These, I could use them as skills. Um, it took a while, like many years, and continues to unfold for me to really fully in the depths of my body and my being own, own the gratitude of that and even get a lot of it was just survival based in the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't like super conscious at age 15. I was more <laughs> just like, <laughs> I actually, actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I was pretty crazy aware. I've always been crazy aware, but I had so much um, invalidation t put on top of that and so much wrongness on top of it that I just, you know, in my adult life, it's where I've begun to not make myself wrong. But for whatever reason, despite all of the wrongness, I still let the engine of the creativity drive me forward and use these gifts. Fabulous. Almost as a fuck you to the wrongness. Do you know what I cool. mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so if, if, yeah. we could, if we could have walked into your house growing up, because you grew up in Miami, Florida, what would we have seen in your home when we walked in? So fun, because whenever somebody wants to do one of these interviews with me where they're like, let's talk about funny stuff, we'll get Katie Rubin and it'll be funny. And then you find out the reality of what makes a comedian. And I'll tell you, I know a lot of comedians, and we're not the funniest lot of people, like mm -hmm. just in life. Because it takes a lot of pain, generally speaking, generally speaking, to make a pretty decent comedian. So that, and that's of course a generalization. And what would it take for that not to be true? And I'm mm -hmm. not aiming to be that person today. And you know, I'm I have whole different endeavors in mind here now. Um, but anyway, that being said, childhood kind of cray cray, kind of cray cray. Um, okay. I had, Really uh, successful parents who were, we were upper, upper middle class. And um, dad was a, was a, he was technically called a, the vice provost for research at the University of Miami and was highly successful, productive, you know, 
type A type guy. Um, Mom was a VP of marketing at a hospital and went on to do the same in various other contexts. Um, But there was a lot of um, alcoholism and not communication and hiding. We would all kind of come home and go to our separate corners and never talk. And there was tons of anger that was constantly repressed and not expressed or discussed. And a lot of shaming and blaming and teasing uh, that I think on the cognitive level was meant as a bonding system. It was meant to be like, we're close and we tease each other and that's how we're close. But I, I was always a crazily perceptive, sensitive kid. And so I just felt the anger and the, the blame and the judgment from day one, even when they didn't mean to be doing it or know they were doing it or want to know they were doing it. <laughs> Um, So it was just a very tense household. And so at a very young age, I started to get real busy real quick. Like I was like, I kind of got when I was around nine, oh, if you go to your friend's houses where they're happy all the time, you don't have to be in the misery place. And so I just left the house as much as I possibly could. And yeah, so pretty, it was was tense is what it was, tense. So for, for you, it was a... For you, it was a relief to like a a relief to remove yourself and a coping mechanism, right. as you said, to to actually really. I mean, in some ways, in 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 this sort of um, fucked up reality, it was your breeding ground for finding the humor in the abstract and bizarre things in your life. Well, precisely, and I think that you know a lot of comedians talk about I once met I don't know if you've ever heard of a there's an artist named Ann Bogart yeah and she is okay yeah she's sort of a famous theater artist um who's in New York and her work is she has a company that she directs and she they create these really interesting often pretty abstract pieces of theater but I once met her and I took a bunch of classes with her when she and her company and she talked about I I met her at a um party after one of the shows and I I asked her what keeps you going like how do you stay in this business when it's full of rejection and full of risk and you never know where the money's going to come from and like how do you do it and she said um well when I was your age and back then I was in my 20s she said when I was your age what kept me going was my anger at my parents she's like that's the bottom line I was mad at them and I wanted to prove to them I could do whatever I wanted she said, and now, over all, it's all these years later, it's changed, and I do it for very different reasons. And I said, well, what reasons do you do it for now? And she looked me up and down and was like, if I, if I said them to you, you wouldn't know what I meant. And I, at the time, remember thinking like, well, fuck you, lady. <laughs> but then, but now when I look back on it, I'm like, I, she's right, because I, I now have gone through a transition in my personal life such that I'm making work for a very different reason than I used to make it. And it's, it's been such a radical shift that in, in why the sort of the why of it, that if I, if I were to try to explain it to any 20 year old that I know, they would nod and smile, but they probably wouldn't really know unless they were like way more, uh, evolved than I was at the time. Cool, cool. You know, it's interesting. So uh, for a lot of our listeners that um, 
don't know, Katie and I, we are both what you would call an access consciousness facilitators. We we uh, work on bodies and working with healing with bodies and play with the energy of uh, the molecules of the universe and with the energy of words. So it's it's the energy of words, the charge that this reality can have around <clears throat> words can actually either bring a charge of something what you could call it either positive or negative and we have this really bizarre way of clearing the energy or the limitations and 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 charge that you would have around whatever the subject is that's being brought up and it's everything that that is will you destroy and uncreate it right wrong good bad pod poc all nine shorts boys and beyond and that's called the access consciousness clearing statement it's bizarre but i tell you it works so katie when did you sort of discover access consciousness and yeah let's start with that sure that um, your life? well i have a fun sort of roundabout story with it which is that so blossom benedict uh for those of you who don't know blossom uh she's i don't know what you would call blossom in the world of access but she's a sort of a I think of her as like an access big wig she helps run the actual organization she's a really skilled facilitator you know, she's an, I, in my brain, she's an access ninja is what she is. But uh, I, Blossom and I taught acting together on the peninsula south of San Francisco over a decade ago. We just happened to be in this, like, summer camp of acting stuff for kids. I think it was teenagers. I was teaching, and she was the head. She was like the, what do you call it, like the organizer lady. And we became buddies. And at the time, I had just started doing... Uh, I had just put in my application to go to this healing school called the University of Spiritual Healing and Sufism, uh, north of Napa in the hills of St. Helena. And, uh, and Blossom had just started doing access. And I remember there was one night where we were hanging out in where she was living at the time. And she, we were talking about the differences between the work we do and she ran an entity clearing on me at the time. And at the time, I just remember, like, it didn't feel like anything had happened. And I was in this whole other system that felt very different. And I remember just being like, whatever, Blossom, your system is weird. Like, I'm not into it. Like, I didn't even feel anything. Like, nothing just happened. Whatever. Bye. And then I went to um, Sufi Healing School for four years. And that place completely changed everything for me. And then I got out of healing school and went and started a practice and was seeing clients and had Sufi healing clients and was also working as an actor and moved to Los Angeles. And what happened for me personally, and I'll just be totally straight with you because I really don't know another way to be, is I got to Los Angeles and I lived there a few years and I really was frustrated with how difficult it was for me to get out of my apartment. I had become very spiritual and very expanded and very soft and very um, very peaceful. I had a lot of ease in my being. Like that healing school really did help me and cleared a lot of trauma and blah, blah, blah. But I was not functioning at the level I knew I was capable of functioning at. And I my money was crap. Like I, I used to be like potent at creating money and something about 
getting all spiritual took me personally into a place where I just couldn't make money the same. I just was broke. I would like have a client here and a client there, but it wasn't sustainable. And I started to ask questions or, or at the time I would have said I started to pray, you know, like help me God and the angels. Like I need help here. What do I do? I also was frustrated by how not creative I was feeling. I was, um, in the Sufi path, the sort of point of view is that you're annihilating all the parts of yourself that are not, uh, you could say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not the qualities of God. So the aim is to dissolve all the sort of lower energies, if you will, that are in the in a person, like pride and arrogance and whatever else. I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <Okay. laughs> and uh and what happens and I worked like deeply like for 6 years very deeply 2 years prior to the school and 4 years in the school at doing that and I was altered by it like radically and it it they the metaphor they use is it's they talk about shine, polishing the mirror of your heart and so you were sort of polishing the rust as it were off the mirror of your heart and what happened for me was I was in this very deep state and I had polished a lot of stuff. But like I said, I was bored, not being very creative and not making any money. And mm. I got really tired of all of that. And I also missed the experience of what I called the Katie Rubin-ness of Katie Rubin. I was mm. feeling very holy, but not very Katie Rubin-y. Now, so then, cause short short version, I could talk all day clearly, but what <laughs> happened was I started to pray and ask, like, okay, what's next here? Because I love this Sufi stuff, but, like, I need my life to work, and I'm sick of my life not working. So I, um, I was just praying about it, and then one day I hopped online, and all of a sudden Blo there was Blossom Benedict, who I had not heard from in a decade. We just went our separate ways, and lost touch and whatever, and there she was on Facebook. Now, I'm a Facebook junkie, so I'm on Facebook all the time, and she was never on Facebook, and then, boom, overnight, she was on Facebook. And there was all these pictures of her, like, laughing and leaping through a field and laying happily on a shade lounge, and I was like, Blossom looks like she has her shit together. What's going on here? <laughs> and so I thought to myself, oh, and then I looked into it a little bit. Oh, she's doing some kind of energy work. Oh, that's cool. And then I was like, well, how about I'll just have a session with Blossom and see what this stuff she's doing is about. And I looked at her website, and it was like $400 to have a session with Blossom. And I was like, what? What is happening right now? And it inspired me because I thought, okay, look, in this time period, if she's built something where she's that pricey because she's worth it to have a session with, I'm curious about what this shit is. So then I looked further into it. I learned the clearing statement. And my story, this is the end of it, I promise, is that I sat on a beach in Orange County and because I had lived in so many places in L.A. and hated all of them and was trying to figure out, am I leaving L.A.? Am I staying? I sat on a beach in Orange County for two hours and ran the clearing statement on everything I could think of that would help me, I thought. Cool. And in so doing, I, I literally stood up from that beach altered like I had I was different after that two hours and I was like holy shit this stuff works I felt inspired and excited to be alive and was like oh my god let's go do stuff which is how I always used to feel I used to always feel when I was younger like let's go do stuff 
And I felt that again, and I hadn't felt it for a long time. And because of that, I took my first bars class with Gosha Lorenz, our, I'm sure our mutual dear friend, who's a wonderful yeah. human mammal, who I adore <laughs> and has become uh, like one of my besties. Yeah. I took bars with her, and I promise this is the end of the story. My first bars class, we ran bars, you know, a hundred times or whatever we do, and I had a staged reading to get to that evening. And on the drive from the bars class to the staged reading, I had to stop at Target and buy new pants because I was about to be on stage, because my <laughs> pants didn't fit me anymore. I lost two pants sizes of pants in the bars class. <laughs> my body shrank, like, right then and there. It was the weirdest fucking thing. And the How did it get any feeling, better than that? Holy shit. How did it get any better than that? So the combination of feeling excited again and feeling and watching my pants size drop, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Katie, it's so funny. I, I This is something a lot of people don't know about me is I was in acting in, in my previous life. In I grew up in Ontario, Canada on the East Coast and I was in acting and it was, it was, I was in every school production and I, it was, it was my way of expressing myself. And I remember mm-hmm. as a little girl getting into trouble for talking. So here, mm-hmm. fast forward, here I am at the radio show. <laughs> and exactly. People called, it, people called it verbal diarrhea. And, you know, every report card, <laughs> if your daughter could just, you know, condense stop her talking. energy, stop talking. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always looked at myself as this self-contained entertainer. And I could crack myself up. I had secret friends. Uh, my mm-hmm. family would have, I, you know, I had, I could do accents. I, I could imitate people. They'd come to the house, grand, you know, grandparents, aunts and uncles, and I'd always be able to imitate their walk or their, the way they spoke or their mannerisms. And it was, for me, it was just so natural and fun, but I was made wrong for it. Um, yeah. People sort of would like, oh, that's just Lisa, or you know, they would think that I was a bit airy, or whatever that is. So it wasn't until yeah. you know, parenting that was that was an, another <laughs> whole thing in my life. And then, you know, I would have to say for me, in the last six or seven years, is when I really embraced the Lisa, as you call it, the Katie. It's the Lisa, right? And and right. Being around people such as yourself and Blossom and Gosha and all these other amazing people that I've met through Access that are all around the world that have all at some form or another been made wrong for their uniqueness, for their gifts and capacities. So everywhere that people have been made wrong for their gifts and capacities, Mm. would we all be willing to destroy and uncreate all that, please? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, talk, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds. And what would it take for us to all to make freaking amazing godzillion amounts of money for all the things that we love to be and do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything that doesn't allow that, let's destroy and uncreate it. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, yes, and from the chat room. Yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pod, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. So I'm going to play a game. I'm not sure. I just have to check okay. with my producers if we have to have a break or not. <laughs> Because I want to play a game with you, and okay, uh, okay. I think uh, are we good, everyone? And the in the producers good? Okay, we're good. Okay, I'm just gonna keep going. 
So um, these are these are sort of one-off questions, and answers are short and brief. Okay. Got Favorite it. coffee. Espresso. Okay. Favorite cup of tea. Um, PG Tips. I'm PG drinking tips. it now. Never heard of it. Okay. It's uh, a really dark black English tea, and it's from England, and I'm drinking ew, it as ew, Very English. Okay, darling. Okay, got indeed, it. Indeed, indeed. Favorite alcohol beverage? Sober 15 years. Don't care. Cool. Uh, smoker, non-smoker? Non-smoker. Did you smoke? Yes. At one point? Okay. Many points. And was that just cigarettes or other things? I smoked all the things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> favorite favorite ice cream? Um, all, all of them? I mean, come on. Vanilla <laughs> with chocolate fudge. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Wor- worst date? The actual date that I had or just imaginary worst date? <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, let's the actual one. Oh, God. Oh, God, so many. Um, actual worst date. So far. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I, I can't do a short version, though. I'll do as short as I can. Cool. Um, so I, I fell in love with someone once over the phone. We met online. We talked for many weeks, and he didn't ask me out forever, forever, forever. Finally, he said, would you like to talk on the phone? I said, yes. We talked on the phone forever, forever, forever. Weeks, 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 weeks. Never asked me out. Never asked me out. Finally, would you like to get together? And by now, it's months in. He's brilliant. He's kind. He's hilarious. He's Jewish. We have all this stuff in common. He, he, we, would you like to go, get, go out? I, of course. Yes. How about right now? So he finally comes to my house and uh, on the way to my house calls me and says, there's something you should know. And I'm like, okay. And he says, I have, this is true story. He says, I have deformed hands. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what, what? And he's like, my hands are folded over on top of themselves and they're deformed and I can't open my full palm. I can open individual fingers at one at a time, but not my, and I, and I'm just like, well, uh, uh, uh. And so he's like, I'll understand if you don't want me to come over. And I was like, of course you have to come over. What are you talking? Like, I was seriously, like, I've probably been in love maybe three times ever. And this dude, I was like, very, in, like, so open to him, just in love. So I was like, yeah, like, of course, what are you, you're going to come up. So he shows up. And not only, when so the doorbell rings and I open the door and, for those of you listening, yes, I'm a shallow asshole, okay? I'm a shallow, terrible person. He opens the door. He's like, I'm going to exaggerate for comedic effect, but it's essentially like he's very short, sort of like balding. His his one eye is lower than the other. He has literally a humpback, like a hunch on his upper back. He's wearing a surgical lifted shoe so because one foot is so much lower than the other and he's got the deformed hands and i i spent the next two hours so confused and conflicted because 
he was an amazing man. Like, I, he still is an amazing man. I really hope he never hears this radio show. Because he's an incredible dude who I still, like, admire and enjoy and whatever. I just, so, it, to cut to the future, we actually dated for a while. Because he was a fucking incredible person. And I didn't, I was like, I'm going to see past this. And it <laughs> didn't work out. But, Aww, uh, but it was like, that two hours was like, I love you. I'm can't look at you. What do I? Oh God! It was like that. Aw. So and, note to self: send photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Katie. We're. This is hilarious. Thank you. I'm gonna just take a quick break to catch my breath okay. and let everybody on the radio <laughs> catch their breath, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Do you know that by unlocking your self-imposed prison of shit? you can find an easier way to create the life you always knew was possible. Tuning in to Infinite Energy's radio show with empowering coach Lisa Bennett, you will receive tools and inspiration to remove the emotional and physical baggage you have carried around with you for years. Are you willing to go forward into your new life? Listen to Infinite Energy's radio show, Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific, on a tozen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Infinite Energy's radio show with empowering coach Lisa Bennett. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, in Canada 613-800-8736, in the U.K. 033-0001-0625, or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can ask or comment by email by sending to Lisa at lisabennett at iCloud.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Wow, what a hilarious morning we've had so far with my magical comedic guest, Katie Ribbon, <laughs> who's calling in from California and got up a couple hours earlier uh, than she anticipated for the show. So thank you for, for Katie being with us and having her a cup of tea while uh, we're having our wonderful show this morning. So we were playing a game just before uh, break, and it was sort of the quick question, and we just heard about 
one of her uh, worst date scenario, and it's hilarious because Katie, I am playing on the internet with online dating, so <laughs> thank you. I I could uh, share with you some of my stories one of these days, and uh, yeah, some of them have been pretty fun. So, uh, and I'm sure there's many of us out there that have had uh, some funny funny stories. Okay, so one of the uh, I, I guess one of the invitations for having you on the show was way back when there was a posting on Facebook that you had, you do these great little uh, impromptu videos, usually in your car, and you must spend a lot of time driving uh, in your car, but there was one time where you had your computer stolen, and yeah. the, the how you reached out and ended up with how many, so tell us the quick, quick, uh, yeah, the quick story of the computer. Oh, what right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, well, so I had just moved, I was actually on the trip from moving to, from LA back to Northern California and I was driving up and I, and oddly enough, I stopped in Oakland to go on a date with a crew <laughs> that I met on the internet. And I stopped in Oakland and I parked in a really busy public parking lot where there's like lots of stores and lots of stuff and I thought well this is safe and I had everything I own in the back of my car and I buried my laptop underneath the seat underneath like pounds and pounds of clothes and crap so it would look unappealing and you would never see the computer whatever so we go on this walk this dude and I we come back and my window has been smashed and they basically just moved all the shit aside, found the laptop, and took only the laptop. Wow. So, you know, all my stuff was on it. Luckily, I backed things up, so I was fine. But anyway, so then I went on Facebook, and I said, hey, friends, or maybe I made a video about it. Did I make a video about it? You made a video. It was brilliant. Okay. And I said, like, uh, I don't know what I said, but I essentially was like, hey, this happened, and uh does anybody have a computer I could have? Because I don't, I need one for work and I don't at this moment have, you know, $1,700 to buy a new one or whatever they cost. And I really, like, I had a whole thing going on and I the money I had was dedicated to stuff and I just didn't want to buy one. So I thought I'd see what else was possible. And by the end of the next day, I think three different people offered to send me a laptop for free. And... Uh, two of them sent them, like, and I, I had them both send them because one of them was sort of wishy-washy. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. So I said, well, just send it if you get it. Thank you so much, da-da-da. The other person sent it, and so I wound up with with two laptops. Oh, and then my dad, who owns a – he's a CEO of a, a pulmonary research institute. He ha- he, There are often just computers laying around his building, and I knew this, and so he sent me one, and it ended up uh, – <laughs> Dying shortly thereafter, but I wound up with three laptops. How awesome are you? I just by asking, you know. So everywhere in this universe that you're not willing to ask for what it is that you desire, and you go to the conclusion, or you have a judgment that people aren't willing to participate and or uh, be involved with whatever it is that you're requesting from the universe, would you be willing to destroy and uncreate all that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and bunks. So the cool thing about that, Katie, is yes, you reached out. And for those of us that hadn't, and you and I haven't actually met in person, but I look forward to the day that we do. It's, it's, it's the coolest thing is about social media is that you actually start to get to know people and you have this 
you you just connect and you start to sort of get the flavor of the energy of different people out there and and uh you know certain people pop and and that's uh that's what's been so magical about uh even even this sort of i guess bizarre extended family of the access consciousness people okay so a couple of yeah. other cool questions so music in the house when you were growing up was there any no Radio station on, what would it be? In the car, we had radio on, and it would be Coast 93.7. Cool. Light hits of the 70s, 80s, and today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> favorite, favorite boy band? Oh, uh, definitely New Kids on the Block. Cool. Favorite girl band? Uh, single female favorite Girl band would be Gwen Stefani. Uh, I don't. I don't know girl bands other than that. I like the Mamas and the Papas. She was a girl. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Okay. Uh, okay. Disco, rap, or jazz? It depends on my mood. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Okay, first car that you ever owned? My grandmother gave me her car. Wait, no, no, no. She let me drive her car. My first car that I ever owned was a red Nissan Sentra. Ah, and how long did you have that for? I want to say a year or two in high school. We bought it for like $600 or $1,000 or something, and it got me around for a while, and then... Oh, and then I got in my first car accident, and it was done. <laughs> Your fault or the other person's? Oh, much more than likely my fault, but I don't remember. Okay. Although okay. now, from my access point of view, who knows? <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. So what does consciousness mean to you? Holy good God. Um well, Jesus, uh, what <laughs> I know? I know <laughs> what I okay. know. I like Gary's definition. Gary, Gary Douglas, for those of you new to access, you know, defines the consciousness. He says consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. And I guess, like, the way I would frame it um, is I think of it as, I guess this is how I think of it. I would be conscious, quote-unquote, if I had no judgment of myself or anything else. Like if I could actually be the space of no judgment and if my body could be the energy of no judgment, I would feel pretty conscious of in, in the in the way that I think of consciousness today. Cool. So when you're uh I guess out in the this universe, this this fun reality that we all call Mother Earth <laughs> Mm -hmm. And are you aware enough to know when somebody is choosing anti-consciousness or being unconsciousness with their life? I am very aware of when people are in judgment, mm -hmm. and I am very aware of when people are in... I don't know another way to say this yet, but what I would call like evil energy or darkness or choosing to destroy actively all day, every day. I am aware of when people hate themselves. I am aware of when people judge me. I am aware of when um, 
people are moving from the energy of uh, power over or dominance or force. Like, I'm aware of all these specific things now. I don't know if that means anti-consciousness to you because I'm not sure what anti-consciousness means to you. Cool, cool. So do you, do you, so would anti-consciousness for you be, well, I guess anti-consciousness for you would be all of those things. Well, what is it to you? Well, yeah, excellent question. So, yeah, that just popped while I was uh, sitting here this morning. And so anti-consciousness to me is, is really someone that is not choosing to choose for themselves, but actually being influenced by everyone and everything around them and and it's 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 choosing but it's not necessarily what i would say for the greater good for themselves and and so if i can if i can Mm -hmm. for me what i can say is during my 28 year marriage i chose an anti-consciousness relationship (laughs) where i I was consciously staying in the relationship, but the choices that I made while I was in it was not in alignment with the Lisa energy that I really knew I could be. I see. And, yeah, that uh, makes yeah. So, so yeah. Can you put it into actual words? It's more of the energy of what I was aware of as I came out of the the fog or the the darkness or whatever that is. And I can say today, the energy around me is is one of attracting those that add to my life and my living and those that Mm. are just, I'm aware of the energy and I just choose not to absorb it or take it in. I just let it flow without judgment and just be aware of those people that are choosing to stay in whatever it is they're staying in. You know, it's sort of like, I mean, you know, not that I'm, I can say that I'm a fully conscious person because I have my moments when I'm sitting in my poo pile and then about, you know, a day later, I go, okay, well, that was fun. <laughs> Ever had one of those days? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so what do you do in order to pull yourself out of the poo pile? Well, I would like to say, first of all, by your definition of anti-consciousness, you are much more conscious than I. <laughs> um, and the, congratulations. Well done. There, I think there's a medal for that. There's a medal and there's a, a banner probably outside your house don't, right now. I'm going to crack There's up. a parade. They're going to make a parade as well. It's oh, down shit. your street, ironically, the parade is. Um, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But... Um, I don't, I mean, look, I, you know, I had a conversation last night with a friend in Access where I was like, I mean, I go, I'm pretty new to Access. Like, I teach it and stuff, and I use it with my clients, and it's really helped the people that I help. But I have my own, I have trouble, I have a hard time sometimes. And the, the main thing I struggle with truly is, is being influenced by the energy of the non-reality around us you know, or the, what we, what they call reality around us. Like I constantly am affected by it and, and am pulled back into it. And I'm using, like, I could probably tell you eight different tools I use every day to, to not be pulled into it. And the conversation I had, and I, we can talk about those tools if you want to, but the conversation I had last night with a friend was, 
who's been doing access and using the tools for, I think, five years. And she said to me, you're going to hate me for saying this, but it takes a couple years to really get to a place where you don't feel like when you're in an access class, everything's great and you're conscious and you're free and then you go into your life and you're conscious and you're free and then a few weeks or months or days later, you start to feel the heaviness again of this reality. She said it took me a couple years where I could I could um, be the space of me no matter what was going on. And uh, that was very comforting to me because at this stage of my access journey and I'm I like work things pretty hard like I'm in a lot of classes and I'm on a lot of calls and I'm like doing this thing um even that being the case lately in particular I've been so because of the access tools I've created this like much bigger more full life than I've had in years and I'm so busy and my life is so full that I have been pulled back into the energy of other people's judgments and other people's points of view. Now, I don't find myself choosing against myself as a result of it, thankfully, but what I do notice is my mood, my mood is heavier than it was, say, three months ago when I was um, not doing so many plays and I was able to take more classes or I was choosing to take more classes. So how to come out of the heaviness of that is, that's where I end up using a lot of access tools. I use them in the morning. I use them all throughout the day. Um, yeah. So I cool. want what you have, sister. Yeah, well, and I, this has been a six-year journey for me. So, yeah, six, six-and-a-half-year yeah, six, six journey. And, it, it yeah, it, I, there was a lot of heaviness in the beginning for sure. And there were, there were you know, glimmers of light. And I knew that there was more that was possible for my life and living. And, you know, it's it's like everything in this universe. There is a journey and some people can leap through it. Uh, it looks like they're leaping through it with ease and others. Uh, right. We, we can choose a school of hard knocks. <laughs> I Apparently, 28-year marriage, I needed to have a... <laughs> As as my kids yeah. would say, so mom, when when did you not recognize all those red flags? <laughs> and you know, well, let me tell well, you, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a little cute. No, I'm but, sorry, oh, yeah, not bright. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, here here's the thing though. Like, I mean, we say that little cute, not bright thing, and that's fine. But at the same time, I like to say, and and I think it's it's true, and I get what Gary means by that, and whatever, but. I'm so, I think we're so much more than cute and we're pretty fucking bright because do you know how many people I could just list? Let's just list the people in my particular family who <laughs> not only will stay forever veiled by the illusions of the reality of this reality, but who won't even take a step towards looking at other possibilities or won't even take a step toward, um, honoring themselves like certain members of my family have stayed in crazy relationships that if I were in them for five minutes I would want to jump off a bridge and I think they want to jump off a bridge but they think that's just how life is and they yeah. just stay there in the I guess we just hate most stuff and so for for people like us who at least and I'm, I'm really talking about you I mean for you to have been in a long marriage or however many years it was and then to make the choice to come out of it and finally start to see the 
flags or whatever and make the, the, the movement towards some kind of consciousness is like, hello, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's it, the cool thing is, is that, you know, it's it, to be surrounded by other people that have your back, that actually, uh, you know, recognize the journey, but don't get caught up in the story and move forward. Yeah. And so that yeah. that was a big gift for me, because for a long time, I was the story. I, I talked yeah. and lived the story. And yep. for some for some reason, people started falling out of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yep. you don't want to hear my story anymore. And it's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. So I, every totally everyone that is you're you're using your story and and being your story as opposed to having your story inspire others. Would you be willing to destroy it and destroy that? Times a godzillion. Yes. <laughs> right, wrong, and bad. Pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. I. You know, I find more and more the humor in my life and living. And uh, like I said, I, I, I think I'm my own self-contained comic, <laughs> comic relief. <laughs> and and That's to be great. drawn to, to be drawn to others that have that same bizarre and fun point of view about life. So, who out of all the comics in your life inspired you growing up? Oh wow! You mean um, like professional comedians I was looking up to? Yeah. Oh okay. Um, gosh, when I was younger, I loved Gilda Radner. Loved um, her. I loved Steve. Yeah, Steve Martin. Um, yeah. I loved. As I got a little older, I got really into Mitch Hedberg and Chris Rock, and um, uh, what's his name? Stephen Wright. I really enjoyed. Um, just a lot, I mean, a lot of people. There's so many brilliant folks out there. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when I started doing Access, I was uh, I was in a very heavy stand-up comedy period. Like, people in Access met me when I was touring, doing stand-up. But I, my whole life before that was theater, uh, being an actor and a playwright and a solo show performer. I have these four solo shows that I toured around for a long time. And... Um, yeah, and ever and then since since uh, I don't know six months ago, I booked all these acting jobs again because of <laughs> access, really. And um, so I haven't been doing as much stand up, but it's it's really fun to me that everyone in access thinks of me as a comedian because I did I was a comedic actress for a long, long time, not doing stand up, but I, I had this four year period of really focusing on stand up, and it happens that I started access at that time. Um, so it's kind of cool. So if you could have a target today of of, of a, a play or somebody that you would love to work with, who would that be? I think for me it's about, um, I mean, a couple specific people come to mind. I'd love to work with Melissa McCarthy, and I'd love to work with... Um, yeah, wow, that's funny. She comes to mind, and I wouldn't have thought that she would come to mind. I think it would be really fun to work with another sort of, like, really fun, gifted, broad comedian like that. Like, I do big, broad characters, and she does as well, and I think that would be fantastic. But really what interests me the most is working with anyone who is able to hold the space of... um 
like just I really like professionals. I like, and what I mean by that is people who are kind and considerate of one another and have a space of um, ease and fun and play in their being and take the work seriously enough that they do a great job at it and it matters, but at the same time can laugh inside of all of that. Like, that's my absolute favorite combination of, of qualities. And there are people here in Sacramento who I get to work with who are like that. My dear friend, Michael Stevenson, who's the artistic director of Capital Stage, which is a theater I've been lucky enough to work at a number of times. He's a perfect example in my mind of, of who I want to work with. And given that, meaning he's kind, he's generous, he's, he's never domineering, he's inclusive. But he's also excellent at what he does and incredibly articulate and gifted. And I feel like the work he makes is really, you know, highbrow. And at the same time, you never feel like you're, you're, you're being uh, patronized or talked down to by him. And that's the kind of, that's the line I'd like to walk. And those are the people I'd like to work with. Awesome. Wow. Well, everywhere that there is any limitation, judgment, or barrier in your universe with working with Melissa. Let's destroy and uncreate all that, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And what would it take for a movement of people within our community to reach out to Melissa and say, hey, have you met Katie? <laughs> and everything that won't allow that, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good, okay. bad, hot, talk, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So the really cool thing, I remember uh, Ellen DeGeneres wanted to be on the cover of Oprah's magazine, and she did this whole marketing campaign about how she wanted to be on Oprah's O magazine, and nobody else had ever been on Oprah's magazine, and she ended up being on two of her Christmas covers. So, hey. That's cool. That's <laughs> that was cool. one of her targets. Better. Yeah, how does it get any better than that? So let's see what uh, what we can help Katie with out there, guys. So Katie, if what people want to find you, where would they find yeah. you? Uh, you can go to katierubin.com. That's Katie, K-A-T-I-E-R-U-B-I-N.com. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook a lot. I make a lot of fun videos there. Katie Rubin, K-A-T-I-E-R-U-B-I-N. Uh, uh, and awesome. that's, yeah, those are good places. You can email me through the website if that interests you. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, if you're in California, look up Katie. She does great body work as well as theater and stand-up comedy. And I look forward to playing with you guys before our holiday season. Stay tuned for Lisa Bennett with Infinite Energy. Thank you for Have an choosing awesome to listen day. to the Infinite Energies radio show. Lisa Bennett will return next Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on atizen.fm. We look forward to having you join us and share the changes you have begun to make. Have an awesome week and chat soon.